Prospect Week continues as Colby and I rank prospects 20 through 11 in the Mariners farm system. Colby, hit it. You are Locked On Mariners, your daily Seattle Mariners podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Ahoy, sailors. It is Wednesday, February 21st, 2024. This is Tidy Gonzalez and Colby Patnett for the Locked On Mariners podcast brought to you by FanDuel. Make every moment more. New customers join today and you'll get $150 in bonus bets if your first bet of $5 or more wins. Visit FanDuel.com slash Locked On, that's L-O-C-K-D-O-N, to get yourself started. Thank you so much for making us your first listen. Subscribe, like, and turn on alerts if you're watching on YouTube, or subscribe and leave a five-star review on your preferred podcast platform if you like what you hear. And if you're part of the crew and rock with us every single day, let us know in the comments below. We'd love to hear from you. And if you want to hear from us even more, please consider signing up for our Patreon. You can now get a free seven-day trial to check out the show. The link, as well as our social accounts, is in the description of this episode. And on the show today, we'll, of course, be ranking prospects 20 through 11 in the Maris Farm System. We did 30 through 21 yesterday, and we'll have the top 10 for you tomorrow. Uh, be sure to check out yesterday's episode if you want to know who made the back end of our list. And a quick reminder of how this works. Colby and I create our own individual top 30 lists. We then combine those lists by using a points-based system where each ranking has a numerical value. And if there is a tie between two or three players, the tiebreaker goes to whoever had the highest ranking in our individual list. Pretty simple, right? So let's begin the top 20, which is going to be a pretty interesting group of players today. Yesterday, we focused on a lot of guys that they have to have a big year in order to stay in the top 30. Today, we're going to be focusing in on a lot of guys that have either already made their major league debut or they're on the doorstep of doing so. And then there's also a couple of guys sprinkled in there that are a ways away from the big leagues, but have a ton of upside. So it's going to be a really fun group. And we're going to start here with Blake Hunt, who the Mariners acquired from the Tampa Bay Rays, one of the first acquisitions they made this offseason. And I think he's one of the more underrated pickups for the Mariners this offseason, especially after losing Tom Murphy, because there's a non-zero chance they're pretty much the same guy. Uh, he's a pretty good athlete with, I would say, average, maybe slightly above average skills behind the plate. Really good pop time, for example. And offensively speaking, there's a decent chance he's pretty useful. Um, he's made some great strides in adding bat speed over the last couple of years. Uh, some decent pop. Um, seems to have a pretty good understanding of the strike zone, even though that he has uh, struck out quite a bit down in the minors. Uh, but that's like 98% of catchers for the most part. The pop is more doubles, or at least it's been more doubles than home runs so far down in the minors. But he does have some over-the-wall power, especially against lefties. And at the very least, I, I feel pretty good about him being a solid backup catcher in the majors for the next several years. Colby, what do you think? Yeah, it's a really interesting profile, and and I I don't think we can quite say that he's definitely just a backup. Uh, he does have uh, some starter traits, and we know the bar for being a starting catcher in Major League Baseball pretty low, at least yep. you know in terms of there's just not it's a supply and demand issue. There's just not 32 good catchers, like well-rounded catchers in baseball, so it's really hard to have two of those guys. The Mariners definitely have one in Raleigh. They might have a second in Hunt. Uh, this is a guy who really crushed sliders last year uh, as part of the you know the strides he made as a hitter. Um, he does have 
good pop, particularly against lefties. He's going to hit some home runs for you. And like you said, he's pretty good behind the plate. He calls a good game. Pitchers like their own to him. Pretty good uh, pop time. So he has a shot to nab runners in this new era where stolen bases are uh, making their comeback. So, uh, yeah, it's a very Tom Murphy-like profile. And, and there's a chance that he's the primary backup catcher, you know, sooner rather than later. Like, we have to wait and see what yeah. Sebi Zavala does. But Hunt gives you a legitimate third option that the Mariners haven't had since, like, 2019 uh, when they mm-hmm. ran their three-headed monster at catcher. So, um there's a non-zero chance hunt, you know, kind of develops into a guy that, Hey, if he catches a hundred games a year for you, you're in a pretty good spot behind the plate. Like he does have that upside still left in him, but the floor, the high floor as a legitimate major league catcher who can catch 60 to 70 games a year. And you're totally fine with it. You're not, it's not a black hole in the lineup. It's not, you're sacrificing so much defense to get somebody who can kind of hit like, Hunt's yeah. a good, useful, valuable player, and the fact that the Mariners were able to get him uh, thanks to the Rays roster crunch, one of the more underrated acquisitions because now Seattle is significantly better uh, in terms of catcher depth than they were the last few years with no disrespect to Brian O'Keefe and Joseph Odom and guys like that. But mm. um, Blake Hunt is a guy who he's going to get to the big leagues and he's going to stick uh, yeah. for at least five to ten years. Like This, this guy can do it. So. Yeah, uh, it's it's a really sneaky uh, acquisition, and, and it's it's basically getting Tom Murphy without the injury concerns for about three and a half, four million dollars less than it would have cost to just keep Tom Murphy. So, a uh, really savvy move, and and Hunt is a, a really interesting guy, and he's one of those guys who could come up and help you uh, more than you know people are, are giving him credit for. Like, there's a legitimate right. chance that the Mariners have acquired essentially an everyday quality catcher to be their backup. So coming in at number 19 is another player the Mariners acquired this offseason due to a roster crunch for the other team. That's Ahmad Taylor, who they got from the Kansas City Royals a few weeks back. And we've talked a lot about Samad and why we like him. So I'm not going to spend too much time on this, but the gist of it is really good athlete who, at the very least to me, is going to have a role in the majors as a base stealer and multi-positional defender. And there's a non-zero chance he'll be able to hit because he's done it at every level of the minors so far. So, mm-hmm. love the steal when they made it. Really like the player. What do you think? Yeah, you had him ranked kind of significantly higher than I did. I think five spots. So, uh, to me, he's Sam Haggerty's replacement next year. Like that's mm-hmm. the primary reason for acquisition, but he did crush lefties in the minors. There is some pop against lefties and he does provide an element of versatility and athleticism that the Mariners need in the organization, particularly if something happens to Dylan Moore. Um, he is, uh, you know, kind of a, a fringe major league bat in terms of a role player. Like I don't see an everyday player here, uh, but I do see a guy who again, like Sam Haggerty can come up, you can kind of bounce him back and forth between the minors and the majors you put him in the right spot, uh, give him a chance to succeed at the plate, and then he can do a lot of things off the bench for you at the end of the game. He's a solid player. He's a useful player, and there's a there's a chance because he's still pretty he's still you know pretty raw. There's a chance that he can develop into a you know a, a platoon uh, type of hitter who is mm-hmm. you know essentially Dylan Moore instead of right. Sam Haggerty. I think I think Moore is a better player than Haggerty. I think we can all agree on that, and and so I think that's probably what the ceiling is, but. You know, I, I I think he's a major leaguer, which obviously helped. I mean, he is a major leaguer. He's played in the big leagues. That helps your your prospect rank. And there are a lot of different ways he can he can kind of help you. 
and that that's a valuable piece to have in your organization. And he might might just hit just enough against righties that he could you know squeak his way into being the nine hole hitter a uh, hundred times a year. Right. So coming in at number eighteen, a lot of people are not going to like this. Emerson Hancock. Uh the way Hancock's pro career has gone so far is incredibly disappointing. And, you know, I feel for the guy because obviously several injuries have hindered his development. Uh, mm-hmm. And there's been a lot of stop and start for him. But the fact of the matter is he has a lot of wear and tear on his body. And the stuff right now is, I think it's fair to say, fringe major league quality at best. And he doesn't really locate it well. Um, that said, mediocre. Yeah. That said, I, I think he's still going to end up being a solid number five in the majors one day. I'm not sure if that's going to be in Seattle. Uh, and that's obviously very much dependent on him being able to stay healthy, which has just not been the case at all during his pro career. But yeah, I'm not sure if he's going to be able to go beyond that with everything we know right now about him. Yeah, it's really average control it's below average command it's 91 92 mile an hour fastball doesn't have you know great spin it doesn't have great movement or or run or life or it's just kind of a flat 91 92 it's got a little bit of of arm side run um but not a ton there the slider is kind of mediocre at best it's a fringe pitch his best pitch is his changeup. but if you can't locate the fastball and you can't get value out of the fastball yeah the changeup is only going to get you so far. So the yeah. reports early out of camp uh, at least seem to be that they really like what they're seeing from Hancock. And, and again, if we could see him get into games this spring and he's throwing 93, 94, 95 instead of 90, 91, 92, yeah. that would be a really good sign. But it, right. he's got to he's got to either get more value out of the fastball so that the changeup will play up or he's got to add a legit breaking ball. Um, just a bummer because like coming out of college, like he had frontline stuff and like, yeah, I thought he was going to be an ace. Yeah. I I thought he was going to be better than Kirby and Gilbert. Like he definitely had yeah. he was a better prospect than those guys when he was drafted. Yeah. And it just, you know, the shoulder injuries, a couple of them, it just kind of drained him of of a lot of his natural ability. And maybe he bounces back. I would love to be wrong because if Hancock is a lot better than we think he is, it opens so many doors for the Mariners. Yeah. yeah. Uh, both with Hancock sticking around. Maybe you can trade Hancock for more than you thought you could. Maybe you trade Wu because you really like what you see from Hancock. Like it opens so many doors. If yeah. Emerson Hancock just is even like what we thought he was at the beginning of last year, which is like Kyle Gibson-y, right? Like it opens a lot of doors if he's that. I just, I don't know. I It, it is definitely a put up or shut up year for Hancock. If he does not perform and stay healthy this year, he's going to be pitching in a different organization next uh, next spring training. And you can pretty yep. much take that to the bank. All right, we will be continuing prospects 20 through 11 in just a moment. We'll also give you a status report on our giveaway. But first, a reminder, this episode of the Locked On Mariners podcast is brought to you by FanDuel. With football officially in the books and some time before baseball gets underway, why don't you try your hand at betting on some hoops? Get buckets with your first bet on FanDuel, America's number one sports book. Because right now, new customers get $150 in bonus bets with any winning $5 bet. That's $150 if your bet wins. Bet on all your favorite NBA players and teams with quick bets, live same-game parlays, exclusive props, and more. Just visit FanDuel.com slash locked on and shoot your shot. That's FanDuel.com slash L-O-C-K-D-O-N. FanDuel, official sportsbook partner of the NBA. 
And you're listening to the Locked On Mariners podcast. Thank you again for making us your first listen. And as a reminder, Locked On has launched the first ever national sports 24-7 streaming channel on YouTube. Locked On Sports Today is here for you 24-7, covering the top sports stories of the day with the local experts of Locked On, plus our national shows covering every league. Go to Locked On Sports Today on YouTube and subscribe to the first ever national sports 24-7 streaming channel, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. And before we get back into prospects 20 through 11 and our preseason farm system re-rank, Colby's giving away some of his stuff. We are still 52 subscribers as, as of the time of this recording, still 52 subscribers away from our next tier in the giveaway. Uh, but for anyone that maybe missed yesterday's episode or Monday's episode, uh, Colby, could you give them a quick reminder of what you're giving away and, and what the tiers are? Sure. So I'm giving away... We're calling it a mystery box. I'm going to tell you guys what's in it as we approach each new tier. So uh, the tier, uh, the mystery box gets more stuff added to it as we hit every 100 new subscribers. So uh, when we get to 10,900 new cards will drop, I will tell you guys what is in, what is being added to the box when we get to the next level. Uh, This is what we have so far already in the box guaranteed. Uh, We have a Jared Kelnick numbered autograph card really beautiful card we have a mitch garver numbered uh signature dual swatch relic autograph card from 2021 it is a very nice card that's mayor's new designated hitter we have this uh harry ford uh bowman chrome uh refractor card uh not numbered or autographed or anything like this and i'm gonna throw in some mariner legends in here too legends randy win autograph card. he's a legend to me I, I love Randy Wynn. So yeah, same. Uh, that is what is in the box already. Uh, when we get to, if we get to 10,900, uh, I will be adding to the box uh, this Lazaro Montes numbered refractor Maybe card. Maybe on. That's right. Uh-huh. And then this is probably my favorite card, just aesthetically. Mm-hmm. This is a five out of five Rolander Baroa autograph card. Uh, from Wildcard. It is a gorgeous card. Again, there are only five of these that were made, and this one will be added to the box if slash when we get to 10,900. Now, when we get to 10,900, I'll tell you guys what's what uh, I'm adding to the box if we get to 11K, and let me tell you guys, you want to get us to 11K because, yeah, yeah. or you want to, you you do, because I Ty knows some of the stuff that I purchased yeah. for this box that he has an idea of what's going in it, and it's a pretty good prize. To yeah. enter, all you have to do, subscribe to this channel, leave a comment on any video during the length of this uh, giveaway. Uh, the terms and description, uh, term, terms and conditions are in the description. There, there we go. go. There we go. Coming in at number 17 here on our prospect re-rank is Cade Marlowe. He's passable center field. He's a pretty good defender in the outfit, in the corners, even though it doesn't look great sometimes. it's He gets there. He, ma- he makes the play. It doesn't look great sometimes. but uh, And I think he made some tweaks in, in AAA last year. Uh, mm-hmm. in the middle of the year that really, you know, could pay off for him. I think there's a non-zero chance he is an everyday quality guy. Uh, he can, he's got a little bit of pop. He can steal some bags. He's a good defender. Like he does a little bit of everything. Well, the question is, can he really put, put the ball in play enough at the major league level? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, you know, you can be a 26% strikeout guy and still be a good hitter at the big league level. It's going to be tough for a guy like Cade Marlowe to do that. Marlowe has to be 24%, somewhere in that range, uh, because he's just not going to hit. He doesn't have 30 home run power, right? It's going to be yeah. 15 home runs. It's going to be, you know, 20 steals and pretty good defense along the way. Like He might be Randy Wynn. 
he might also just be, you know, a, a number four or a fourth outfielder who kind of, you know, rotates yeah. around and, and gets 300 plate appearances a year. I think he's a big leaguer. I think he has a, a shot <laughs> to, to pop this year. Um, I, I think it's going to be tough for him to like make his impact uh, at the beginning of the year, because it seems like the Mariners love dominant can zone. Yeah. Uh, but I, I, would not be shocked at all if K Marlowe is just the better player than Dom Canzone. I'm just not sure if he's a quad A guy or an actual bench piece yet. The the swing and miss is a real concern. Hmm. Interesting. Tell me again. Where do you have uh, Jonathan Classe? Yeah, that's what I thought. I mean, the, the upside is a lot higher with Classe, though. Is we'll it? get to that. In, yes, it is. is we'll it? get to that in a second. We'll get to that in a second. But coming in at number 16 is Carlos Vargas, who the Mariners acquired in the Eugenio Suarez deal, of course. Disgusting stuff. But like with mm. every reliever who comes with this profile, I just, you know, I worry about him being able to throw enough strikes. And, yeah. and if he can't, then he's going to flame out pretty quick, right? We've seen it time and time yep. again with guys like Gerson Bautista, Tiago Vieira, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Mm. Uh, but that's it. The upside here is immense, and there's a real, real, real shot at a high leverage reliever who's going to line up the radar gun. So, and I mean, when you think about what the Mariners already have in their bullpen, if you're able to hit on one of Vargas or Jackson Kowar, like, look out, this bullpen is going to be just nuts. There's a non-zero chance, and by that I mean there is a there is a reality out there somewhere in in you know the the timeline tree that Loki's holding together right where Carlos Vargas is Emmanuel Classe mm. like it's a 102 mile an hour fastball yep. with a, like a 95 mile an hour cutter slider yep. cutter it, it's you know it's gray area we know how hard it is to differentiate a hard cutter or a hard slider from a cutter sometimes but like that's what we're talking about here it is filthy stuff with those two pitches yeah can he get it near the strike zone? Doesn't have to have you know plus command. He, he just has to get it near the strike zone, and he yep. will be an effective big league pitcher. Can he do it? I don't know, and that's why he's not top ten. Because if he could do it, he's top ten, even though he's a reliever. Because this is you know again one of the it is it is like all star closer type of stuff. Hmm. So can he do it? I don't know. I like that it's the Mariners who are going to try and get him to do it, and and. I'm really excited to see him. I'm hoping we get to see him in one of the, like the 12 games that is televised uh, this spring. Uh, but uh, yeah, he is definitely an electrifying arm. And uh, if he could just, if he could just get to like four and a half base on ball per nine, if he could just walk like 10, 10% of the guys, 11% of the guys, instead of 15, like uh-huh. he has a chance to be that really the fourth high leverage arm. But I mean, I don't want to disrespect Gabe Spire. So we'll say fifth a high leverage arm in this bullpen. Like the Mariners have something pretty elite if, if Vargas hits and, and he has a chance to, it's, it's not, you know, wishful thinking to think that the Mariners can't get him to 45 control and command. Cause if they yeah. do that, this, this dude's a, a really good big league high leverage arm. Yeah. You're, you're talking about the Mariners bullpen getting into a very special conversation. All right. Coming in at number 15, Jonathan Classe. All right, so so tell me why you have Cade Marlowe over Jonathan Classe and why you think the upside with Marlowe might be a bit better than than Classe. At least that's what you were alluding to. Sure. Well, first of all, I know that Cade Marlowe is a major leaguer. I don't know that yet about Classe. Classe you know swings and misses. All right. Yes, I do. 
Hase miss swings and misses a lot. So if that's a problem you have with Kate Marlowe, yeah, I I do have a I do have a I do have a big problem. A and despite his plus speed, some say double plus, some say he has eighty grade speed, which yes. I don't think he does. Uh, I think it's seventy, but like we're splitting hairs, so let's not 70, do that. Seventy, seventy-five, yeah, whatever, sure. like, yeah. whatever. Yeah. He can't play center field. Like he's yeah, not that, a good defender. He yeah, has that's terrible a problem. instincts. That's a problem. So yeah. he is a corner outfield only guy mm-hmm. who swings and misses a ton. He has some raw power, but we're not talking about thirty home runs. No, like that doesn't. That's not what he profiles as. So fifteen can he twenty get though, on maybe? base enough. Maybe, but can he get on base enough to take advantage of the speed? And can he be even an average corner? Because I'm telling you right now, he is not an average defender at any of the three outfield spots, despite the elite speed. Right. Like, come on. There are so many questions with left with this guy. And, and you know, I, I think that there is this huge disconnect between like the average like Mariner fan who just like, oh, he went 20, 40 or whatever last year, 20, right. 50 or whatever. And it's like, yeah, he also struck out like 30 percent of the time and he's not a center fielder. And, and like there are real concerns about his ability to make contact consistently uh, at triple A, let alone the major league level. And yet and yet if he does. Yeah. He's an everyday player. Right. So it, it's kind of a, a balancing act with Classe because like the ceiling is like the raw tools are what they are. Like they are. Yeah. Wow. But like actually applying those tools in a baseball game at the major league level. I'm not confident Classe can do that yet. Um. So that that's why I like I'm yep. really confident that Marlo is at least a really good like number four outfielder fringe everyday guy. I don't know if Classe can even get to the big leagues like with regularity and stay at the big right. league level. So we'll see. To be you know, and to be fair, I did rank them like one spot apart from each other, two spots right. apart from each other. So it's not a huge difference here. I just I'm I'm going to value the the floor a little bit here because I think the ceiling for Classe is a corner outfielder with some power who might get on base enough for his speed to matter. Yeah, I feel like I went. Floor heavy through the first half of this list that I did want to shoot for the moon a little bit, okay. and, and Class A is is definitely shooting for the moon. Sure, the upside is high, like we established, mm-hmm. um, and I get why a lot of people really like him, but it's yeah. also pretty easy to see how things could fall apart for him very, very, very quickly, which I, has me a bit nervous to be honest I think with you. A, like a really simple like litmus test for like should you take this these people seriously when they talk about Mariner prospects is class A. Is he in this person's top 10? Yeah, They're looking at a, their box score scouting. They're not, not looking a, at, he's not a top. No, he's well, not. even if you're box score scouting though, he wasn't good in double A this year or last year. Right. He was, you know, 94 WRC moments. plus. Yeah. He had moments, in 108 he games. Yeah. Like, he wasn't great. Yeah. Like he had a, yeah. you know, he was awesome in about a hundred plate appearances down in high A. But then he came up to double A and he was pretty mediocre. Yeah. So like we don't even know if this dude can hit at a double A level right now. Yep. But again, mm-hmm. the, the the raw tools are very, very exciting. You know, Caden Marlowe can hit at the triple A level. <laughs> All right. Fair enough. Fair enough. Got a few more prospects coming up here in just a moment. But first, a reminder, this episode of the Lockdown Mariners podcast is brought to you by Game Time. Buying tickets to your favorite events shouldn't be stressful. Game time is a fast and easy way to buy tickets for all the sports, music, comedy, and theater near you. 
And with killer deals on last-minute tickets and their best price guarantee, you can stop stressing over the tickets and start getting hyped for the fun you'll have. So forget planning months in advance. Game Time has deals on tickets right up to the day of the event. Snag the tickets without the stress with Game Time. Download the Game Time app, create an account, and use promo code Locked On. That's L O C K D O N for twenty dollars off your first purchase. Terms apply. Again, create an account, redeem promo code Locked On. That's L O C K D O N for twenty dollars off. Download Game Time today. Last minute tickets, lowest price guaranteed. And you're listening to the Locked On Mariners podcast. Thank you again for making us your first listen here on uh, Prospect Week. It's uh, prospects twenty through eleven here in the Mariners farm system. We've already gone through. 2019, 18, 17, 16, and 15. And coming in at number 14, Teddy McGraw. Mm -hmm. Teddy McGraw, the uh, Mariners' third round pick in this past year's draft. And he is another double elbow procedure guy. Um, Notice I didn't say double Tommy John because the second procedure was more like a a fix, right? They, what did they do exactly? I can't remember what it was. Race. That they yeah, put in there or something. Yeah. Yeah. So what I, I guess the, the first question you might be asking right now is what distinguishes Teddy McGraw from Cole Phillips, who we put a lot lower in our rankings after the news of his second surgery came out. And I mean, some of it is just McGraw is more refined, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and he's likely to see see the field a lot sooner than phillips he's going to pitch this year last i heard yeah which is not true for phillips at all yeah and he has the makings of a mid-rotation starter it'll just be about raising the Mm -hmm. ceiling on his arsenal and of course keeping him on the mountain so what do you think about mcgraw yeah really like the arm here um probably the best combination of stuff and and proximity in, in the system which is why He's the second highest ranked pitcher on our list. So, uh, but uh, yeah, it's, it's four pitch. This is him in college, four pitches, two seamer up to 98 with good arm side run. Um, and, you know, uh, both, both sat, both the fastball sat in the mid nineties. So good velocity, good value on that pitch, which obviously gives you a start right away. Uh, memory serves. He is one of those guys who can absolutely spin. A breaking ball his his weapon of choice is a slider um it's it's very sweepery yep. um he can also firm up that slider too and get it up into the lower 90s so it's almost more like a cutter so a couple pitches there and the change up you know we'll see like that that's the x factor here but yep. uh there's a chance that the mariners just pop him in the bullpen and he could actually uh impact this team in in september uh but mm-hmm. should be in the if they put him in the bullpen right away next year he probably makes his debut if they want to keep him stretched out they want to give him a chance to start it's probably going to be not until sometime middle of next year that he's even like on the radar um, yeah i think they should give him the opportunity to start it is a starter arsenal and he's got good size through strikes in college uh the stuff is really good so uh, if mcgraw was healthy in his draft year he was going to be a late first round pick so like it's incredibly talented, it's incredibly talented arm, pretty good athlete, has a chance to have two plus fastballs and a plus slider. And mm-hmm. we'll see on the changeup. Like I, I think McGraw is a guy who could be, uh, you know, a strong number three starter if health checks out. But if the Mariners don't want to mess around with like the health and all that stuff, and they just want to put him in the bullpen right away, he's high leverage. Like he's got that type of stuff. So uh, McGraw, good chance if he can stay healthy to have a major impact for the Mariners either 
on their team or in the trade market. Like McGraw is a good prospect. Coming in at number 13 is Jeter Martinez, who, if you know a thing or two about the Mariners farm system, you can put two and two together that this is our number one ranked pitcher in the Mariners farm system. But if you don't know a ton about the Mariners farm system uh, right now, it's not great in terms of pitching. Uh, so we're here at number upside. 13. Yeah, a lot of upside, but 13 is the highest that we're ranking a pitcher yeah. in, in the farm right now, which is uh, imagine telling not, someone not that great. four years ago. Yeah. that the Mariners bats would become like what they're known for developing. That's right. Uh, and the top rated pitcher is of course, quite a few years away. Yes. As well. Um, Martinez though, has by and large the highest upside of any Mariners pitcher in the uh, farm system right now. Um, he needs to fill out a bit more, uh, yep. but He's already seen good progress on his fastball, his changeup, and his breaking ball. Uh, he was really good in his first year pro ball uh, this past year in the Dominican. Uh, so really looking forward to seeing what he does in, in 2024. I'd be a little bit surprised if he saw Modesto this year, but not shocked. Mm-hmm. Uh, but he's just 18 years old, six foot four, about a buck 80. So there is a lot of good weight to go add. But he's already, you know, 90, 93, 94, yeah. uh, up to 98, 99. Yeah. Uh, with the fastball pretty good slider already he's a good athlete repeats his delivery throws strikes um you know he's got to clean it up a little bit like last year i think he had a it was about 12 percent walk rate that's a little high uh but again he's 17 years old last year so yeah. this guy has the potential to be a frontline starter so why is he not in the top 10 uh he is three, four years away from sniffing the big leagues. He is a yeah. long ways off, but if everything checks out, like he fills out, he adds the good weight, he keeps his athleticism. You know, in theory, you add more weight, you're going to throw harder. He has a chance to be 98, 99, 100 with a fastball, with a wipeout slider who throws a lot of strikes and maintains good athleticism. Like that, that's a frontline starter. Uh, that's at yeah. least a mid rotation guy. So uh, again, we'll have to wait and see. It's going to be a while before you see this guy, but don't sleep on him. He has the potential to be the best uh, arm in the Mariner system, um, you know, in in three years. No. Like he's the best arm right now, but he has the best. He has a shot to be the best starter in the Mariners rotation in in about four or five years time. It's just we know how long the longer the road, the more things can go wrong. So that's why he's not in the top ten. But he is a very good arm. Also, Jeter Martinez, pretty dope name. That's a great baseball name. Yeah, eighty grade name. Coming in at number 12 is Dewell Joseph, who uh, the Mariners just recently signed in the international signing period last month. He was their top signee and um, was considered to be one of the best prospects in this year's class. Uh, he's 16, so you're not going to see him for a long time, if if ever. Um, but... There's a good reason that he was highly regarded in this class. There's a really good shot. He's going to stay up the middle, whether it's at shortstop or center field. Uh, Potential for plus speed, plus hit tool, some good pop as well. Uh, That can obviously change a great deal, of course, because, you know, as he starts to fill out physically, because that's just the case with a lot of these guys who, you know, you bring into your organization at 16, 17 years old. Uh, But there's a lot to dream on here. Yeah, loud tools, good chance to stay up the middle, good athlete. Um, you know, he's 6'2", 6'3", so there's a chance he grows off a shortstop. He's only 175 pounds. He he might have, you know, 50 pounds to go get uh, to fill out his frame. But, uh, you know, it's it's a little similar 
to Noel V. Marte when the Mariners signed him. It's a kind of a similar profile there. Uh, so maybe Joseph is Noel V. Marte, but like you said, he's so far away. He's so raw that it's really tough to have a good feel for this. So um, there's a chance in three years we look up and he's the number one prospect in the system. There's a chance in three years we look up and he's, you know, stuck in Modesto and like he struggled his first time stateside and he's a fringe top 30 guy, but the tools are loud. Uh, and the frame is, is something that is pretty easy to project more power, um, on. So yeah, he's got a shot to be an everyday player at the big league level and probably one who plays up the middle. And that is going to carry you quite a bit in prospect ranks. So lastly, to wrap up our day here, Ryan bliss comes in Mm -hmm. at number 11, who, I think the Mariners would consider uh, to be the prize of the Paul Seawald return. I know they really like Dom Canzone. I know mm-hmm. they really like Josh Rojas, but I think Ryan Bliss was a really getting Ryan Bliss was a real big deal for them uh, yes. in that trade. Uh, you have him ranked 13th, which you had him in your top 10 the last time we did this. Did something mm-hmm. change? I liked other guys better. And okay. it just kind of pushed like it's nothing that Bliss did. Um, it's just, you know, I like Farmelo. I like Pete. I I like Jeter Martinez. Now I feel like I've seen enough of him to, and I just, I wonder if bliss is an everyday player. That's my concern here. Or is he more of just kind of a, kind of a, you know, 400 plate appearance guy, but he does it at second. He plays a little short, maybe some third, like, which is still again, a valuable player. He's number 11 in a good system, like still a good, uh, player, but he's also the size has to be concerned. How real is the power at that size? Now we can't say it's not real at all because guys like that never have for power. I would point you to Dustin Pedroia and Jose Altuve, but those two guys are like hall of famers. So well, Brian Bliss, Bliss is Altuve. I mean, Holy. I know people think that it's weird, right? That the Mariners like two Mariner prospects get comp to, you know, Astros and, and Mariner fans hate the Astros, but they want their players to be the Astros. So yeah. Kind of funny how that works out, but uh, yeah, Bliss is a guy who, if everything hits for him, he could hit 250, 260, you know, league average on base, um, steal some bags. He's 20, 25 stolen base guy, and he might have, you know, 10 to 15 homers. Now, there's some things to clean up at, at second base, but he is a really good athlete. I don't think he's going to have any issues handling second base. He can play shortstop a little bit. You don't want him to, but like if he, if you have to, like you're fine there. Uh, I don't know if he's quite got the arm for for third base, but you don't have to have a great arm at third. You can fake it. I think he can play around the infield. He's a good enough athlete. You give him an outfield glove, he'd probably figure it out. This is a guy who's going to get a shot, we think, at some point this year if he earns it. So, uh, you know, there was a lot of thought coming into the offseason that, like, he was just going to platoon with Rojas at second base, and we were going to see him on the major league roster on opening day. Not the case anymore. Quite a few things would have to go wrong uh, for list to make his debut on opening day but there's a lot to be excited about here it's just a matter how real is the power and how you know is it a 55 hit is it a 45 hit like where does it land and obviously the more power you have the more uh margin of error you have on the hit tool so there are some concerns about his you know his physique uh just height and weight but he's a really good athlete and i think he's going to be a really good player i i quite i despite you know lowering him in my ranks i'm still quite high on ryan bliss i think he can uh, be a really solid major leaguer. No, you've established yourself as a Ryan Bliss hater. I mean, you hate Cade Marlowe, so. Right. Right. Very similar profiles. <clears throat> Only Marlowe's got prototypical size. Back did to you, you really, Ty. Did you really just compare Cade Marlowe to <laughs> Ryan Bliss? You're darn right I did. <laughs> All right. Same player. 
All right. That's going to do it for our show. Thank you so much for joining us here on the Lockdown Mariners podcast. Be sure to tune in tomorrow for the top 10 prospects. But uh, for now, for Colby Patnode, I'm Ty Dane Gonzalez. Be sure to give us a follow on Twitter at LO underscore Mariners. You can follow me at Ty Dane Gonzalez and Colby at CPAT11. That's CPAT11. You can also find all that stuff in the description of this episode. Thank you again for making us your first listen. Have yourself a beautiful baseball day, and we'll see you next time. Peace.